All right, y'all, listen up and let's talk about it. I'm excited yet nervous for tonight's show. This is our first official interactive type show where it's not just me talking to you and you guys listening to me, but I brought on a special guest. So uh, please forgive me in a moment of transparency. I don't want to call it a disclaimer. I keep on saying I'm not going to do too many disclaimers. I got to find another word for it, but I'll just call it a disclaimer right now because that's the only word that I have right now. Um, I was really looking forward to having the signature, signature um, show today. Actually, it was supposed to be for Friday, so I'm a day behind. And it was supposed to be a roundtable discussion about with people that I love and admire, most of whom have differing political viewpoints or opinions other than mine. And it was supposed to be the signature and the offset or more, more so the part two to the Why I Vote um podcast episode which is actually the most one with the most listens right now with 41 listens so shout out to y'all for making that happen because that is an important one especially what's going on right now but with that being said um again a moment of transparency um I feel like I can be transparent and still um private. I feel like I can let you guys know what's going on without telling you guys all my business, if that makes any sense. Even though this is the podcast format, there's still a few boundaries. So with that being said, I'm comfortable with acknowledging my own faults and, and being humble and about it. And so I think I overthought that. I assumed that uh, even despite all the negativity and the um confusion and the tensions of this political debate and and this political land that we're in right now with this controversial election coming up in the next couple of days, I assume that we would still be able to come together and have a meeting of the minds. I know my most recent podcast that I released, the episode was about humility, so I don't think it was a matter of arrogance, but it may have been insensitive or it may have been a little bit of moment of overreaching, assuming that you know, because I'm, I can put differences to the side and have a conversation that other people as well. I actually got something right before I started this that was like a blow to the gut that made me really, really, really practice what I preach when it comes to humility because somebody that I just love and admire so much that has been a part of my life for a very, very long time and she really, really helped me out um, when I was pregnant with Mackenzie and in the early stages of Mackenzie, you know, I happened to see her um, comment on somebody's Facebook and I was like, oh, that's weird. I, I knew she was out for a little bit and not to say too much about her business, but I knew she was off of Facebook, but I just assumed she was off of Facebook. Uh, come to find out she had deleted me off of Facebook. <laughs> and part of that was because of my political views. Now, um, I love her to death and I think it's great. It's a testament to her character and, and my character as well. And for the people who really, truly know me and know my heart, because there's no bad blood. I didn't even confront her. I asked her about deleting me. I just said, hey, how you doing? You know, X, Y, X, Y, C. She's like, yeah, I've been meaning to reach out to you, but I don't have your number. Boom. Bam. Problem solved. I gave her my number. I think sometimes people really, really take uh, social media too, too serious. I can't tell you how many times there have been arguments or controversy around me choosing to unfollow or delete people off of social media. So I don't really take it as serious. It did sting a little like, wow, she deleted me. But it wasn't a, a big deal because like I said, I had no problem reaching out to her and still saying what I said because I knew that I had that kind of relationship. And that's the joy of, of social media, at least for me, for Facebook, because I add people that I actually know. And so sometimes when there's a disagreement, 
it sucks when other people can't really pick up the phone or reach out or whatever the case may be, but I try not to be that person. When there's a disagreement, more than likely I'm going to reach out. More than likely, I'm not going to reach out via Facebook unless I have no other means of communicating with you. But again, I don't want to get off of what is going to be good tonight. I'm just addressing it because I don't want to overspeak again um, in future episodes. Uh, the Lord works in mysterious ways. And so it may have not been meant. I, I was looking forward to this being this. I said, um, I can't even remember the wording that I used. I think I said it's going to be fire. You got to tune in. So many other things. I just really talked up this round table discussion that I was hoping to have on this day uh, with other uh, women who were okay with expressing their political views, even if it was different from mine, and just kind of have like a a powwow what we see happening as a result of this um, election. And it's unfortunate that it didn't come about, but um, maybe it can come after the election and, and, and the results of the election. But I did want to be transparent and let you guys know what was going on and, you know, kind of pull my foot out of my mouth about announcing uh, special shows and all the things that I have in the plans because, my plans are my plans, and I, I pray every day that they align with God's plans, but, you know, he, he's the master planner, so he always works it out. So, without further ado, I'm going to introduce my, um, I don't want to say client, that's my social work language from school, because he's definitely not my client. Uh, I don't want to say participant, that's Zoom language. Um, my guest today on tonight's podcast for the first official virtual um, podcast where it's not just me, it's somebody else, the first of many to come. That's all I can say because that's all I can really assure at this point. But without further ado, Mr. Anthony Adams Jr., the love of my life, my husband, uh, my dear, you can say hello, please. <laughs> Evening, how everyone doing today? Um, again, I'm the husband of this beautiful, courageous, outgoing, smart intellectual lady here. I just want to say hello. Thanks for having me. So just to jump into it, because we kind of, um, you know, me running my mouth kind of wasted a little bit of time. And I don't want to lose focus on what this one is about. This is a, a love and marriage millennial version. <laughs> it's impromptu. And shout out to my husband for agreeing to be a part of it. Um, if you, anybody who knows him is, is a little late on this end, you know, he's tend to be usually in bed, chilling, resting, watching his TV show. So I appreciate him agreeing to do this. And it's, it was a few technical difficulties in the beginning. So sticking by me while we worked it out. So again, I'm hoping this will be a part one and a part two to have a little bit less testosterone, a little bit more estrogen to come down the line. But let's kick it off with the love and marriage and the, and the life of millennials, because that's what we are. And um, we're kind of changing the meaning of marriage is what I believe. Um, if other people around my age are not, I certainly believe that me and Anthony are doing that. And that's certainly our goal with our family in particular is for our kids to kind of show them something different than they may know or may have seen or may have heard of when it comes to marriage and family. So are we put together some questions and I'm going to let Anthony go first. We're going to draw them out the hat. It's unfortunate. I kind of have the upper hand because I know the questions. I just don't know what order they're going to be in. And he was so upset because he said, why you didn't give me a copy of the question so I would know and I wouldn't be blindsided. And I'm like, what fun is that? So let's see how it goes. We're going to see what question he has. He only gets two passes. Um, so hopefully he uses them wisely. 
And let's see what is the question that we're going to start with for tonight on our Love and Marriage episode part one. I can't see that. (laughs) My eyes is bad. How important is self-love and self-care? Even when a healthy, even within a healthy marriage. That's a good question. I'm gonna let you do that Most one. Definitely. <laughs> okay. We both gonna answer, but I'm gonna let you go first. Let me oblige. Let me oblige. Mm, Self love. How can I, in marriage, continue to strengthen my wife, build build my family? without loving myself good question over the last you know uh years or so it took some time to really evaluate what self-love is because you can love lots of people and do lots of things but if you don't love self you still feel unfulfilled so self-love you have to take time out for yourself Self-care. Hmm. Hmm. Self-care. That's a good one as well. Um, within our healthy marriage, self-care for me is, you know, having time for myself, investing in self, as well as my family as well. And um, the way I do my self-care and self-love is uh, the most high. I stay grounded. I stay prayed up. And I try to stay around like-minded people. And that's my idea. Okay, so I guess I have to answer that now. Um, I'm trying to, I don't want to uh, desensitize everybody to being humble. But it's just so funny. It's my favorite thing to say. I'm trying to be humble when I feel like uh, I'm going to speak highly of myself. I always have to say, I mean this in the most humblest way. I pray I get to the day where I don't feel like I have to say that, where I'm comfortable saying that, and people just take it for what it's worth and feel however they feel about it. But I'm getting there. And so I mean this in the most humblest way. <laughs> Everybody who knows me knows I, I love myself. I have loved myself. Uh, man, I probably started loving myself in high school, for real, for real. Um, and, you know, I have never second-guessed it. Um, so my thing is just, as a married woman, redefining what self-love is. Because the things that I loved about myself that made me me when I was single, they may still be there, but they may not have as much significance or importance to me now that I'm married and live a completely different lifestyle than I lived when I was single. So self-love is like top, top, top priority. Like if you don't love yourself, you, you can't pour from an empty cup. And so, you know, I know there's a lot of pressure to be selfless and remain selfless in a marriage. And that's absolutely relevant. That's absolutely correct. But you can't forget about yourself even in a marriage. You still got to take care of yourself and you still got to love yourself because, you know, when self-doubt comes in and lack of love for yourself comes in, insecurity set in, in my opinion, and it causes problems deeper problems that may or may not even have anything to do with your spouse because of your lack of of self-love. And so, yes, staying grounded in in God and in the Bible and being around like-minded people is definitely helpful for self-love. But again, me being me, that's one thing that I've never lacked. And so I haven't really looked 
for anything outside of um, direction from God when it comes to self-love and making sure I'm paying attention. And I feel like you have to love yourself to really value self-care because a love for yourself is going to make you want to care for yourself. So I be lacking sometimes. I mean, I take care of myself, but like last night I tried to take a bubble bath and my husband was gone and it was me home with the kids. And so that was my version of self-care, but I can't sit still for a long time. And Marianne was bothering me at the door. And so I was like, yeah, this is going to be a self-care Friday, hashtag self-care Friday. And I was literally in the bathtub for probably like seven minutes before I got up and turned on the shower, told her to leave me alone and stop running and sneaking down the hallway and got up. So um, for me, especially during quarantine, self-care is my little um, store runs. <laughs> it's my wine. And it's extremely imperative even now because of the pandemic um, that we all as individuals, even in a marriage, in my opinion, take that time for self-care. Self-care for me is also laying on the couch by myself with nobody bothering me after everybody goes to bed, eating chocolate and drinking wine and watching reruns of shows that I've already seen before. So I guess I get to answer or ask a question now. And forgive me, I felt like I gave a whole freaking speech about self-love and self-care and me, 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 me. But, you know, if you know me, you know where my heart is. Is love all you need? I'll let you go first because I just talked my head off and everybody else's ear off. Is love all you need in a marriage? In a marriage, uh, is love all you need? That's a good question. You have to know what love is first. To make a good comparison. Okay. That's your answer? Is love all you need in a marriage? Everybody's uh, perception of love is different. And um, my perception of love may be different from yours and others' perception of love. So, um, ideally... Love may not be just enough in marriage. Um, because for me, when I love somebody, I love somebody wholly and wholeheartedly. So that's with all of me and all that I have to provide. Uh, so if that's not reciprocated, love may not be enough. I can see where you're coming from with that. Um, I don't believe love is all you need. It's a start. But again, different people have different definitions of love and different people require or expect to be loved a certain way. So that's one thing that I've learned in terms of love and it being so um, subjective is that um, you can't not only love people the way you desire, like the way you desire to be loved, but you also have to love them the way that they need to be loved in a, in a marriage for it to really work. Because what I seek and what I need to feel love could be different from what you seek and you need to be loved. So my job as your spouse is to then learn the things that you need to feel love versus loving you the way that I think you need to be loved or the way that I want to be loved because we're still individuals. So I don't think love is all you need. It's definitely a start, but there's so many other things that you need. You know, some people love each other or say they love each other, but they don't respect each other. To me, you can't have love without having respect. And so that's what I think of when I hear people say love is all you need. It's really not because you need respect. <laughs> you need, you need, um, 
equity, equality, you know, you need a, a common ground, a common understanding. So love is definitely the foundation, but it's totally not enough in my opinion. It's your turn for a question now. Okay, here we go. How much weight does custody and visitation or co-parenting have on the viability of your marriage? I'll let you go first. Ooh, you would do that to me. You know how I get about this right here. Um... I don't even know where to start with this. Look, at this is so interesting that you would get that question. Um, it has a lot to do with it, um, depending on how involved the other parents or other families are um, with your child that you share. Now, this is, is significant because this is not something that all marriages um, deal with. Not all marriages are blended families. Not all marriages brought children into it and some people who brought children into their marriage they that other parent may not be around anymore might not be involved so it's not really an issue but going back and forth to court dealing with um custody visitation issues and court orders you really have to have a foundation you really have to communicate you really have to know and understand that it's us not necessarily against them, but it's definitely not us against each other, if that makes sense. We really, you really have to establish a united front. It can or cannot make or break a marriage. And so it's, it has a lot of weight um, on the viability of a marriage if you don't know what you're going, getting into, if you don't have a support system, and if you guys are not um, communicating and on the same page with dealing with something as tumultuous um because trust me it's tumultuous as custody and visitation um they make you seem and make you think that if you go through the courts it's going to make it better and make it easier it doesn't <laughs> so yes um communication you got to stay grounded with that because it, it it can do damage it can do damage you got to answer that question too bro yeah, well, I, I, I try to be as brief as possible and um, try to open up a little bit as well. Um, you know, uh, if you know me, you know my wife, you may know our situation, you may not know our situation. So I'm going to just go directly into the question. It says, how much weight does custody and visitation or co-parent have on the viability of your marriage? Well, first and foremost, being that I have a a, a, a solid wife. I mean, I'm in every which way, shape, or form. She has my back from uh, behind me, front of me, sides. Like, she's always vigilant, and she's a wonderful person. However, you know, some people may not have that same support from their spouse. So without having support and having good communication and having uh, understanding and respect for one another, um, it can it can cause... Uh, detriment to marriage, uh, especially depending on how you guys choose to uh, rear children. You know, um, it's like, am I unable to rear a child that we did not uh, have together, you know, but we are now one unit and we are uh, perpetuating one unit, but there's still a division in the home. The division is this is my child. 
when it comes to a, a rearing situation compared to this is our child when it comes to uh, the welfare of the child. So uh, I feel like in our marriage, being that I have a supportive wife and um, companion that it doesn't weigh as much as it could have, but it gets heavy at times. It gets heavy. It gets heavy. And I just thank you. I thank you. Hats off to you. I appreciate the fight. I appreciate the ambition. I appreciate the patience. And I love you for that. Thank you. We thank you. You know, this ain't about me, but I'll take that. I appreciate that. That was your question. So that makes this mine, huh? Ooh, how important is emotional connection Rather, or versus a physical connection. Oh, oh, okay, okay, hold on. I, you, let me say it again for you. How important is emotional connection rather or versus a physical connection? Or is an emotional connection more important than a physical connection? I'll go first. I love this one. <laughs> I already know. <laughs> You better keep it PG. I know that. <laughs> I'm, not of, I'm not afraid of this. We this know you just you. I might have to issue a disclaimer about you, but we will we'll see how it goes. <laughs> Emotional and physical, I think, and a marriage you need both. Um, emotional to me is again uh, communication. You know, uh, uh, understanding, uh, patience. Uh, um, you have to continue to invest in your marriage. And when I say invest in your marriage, you know, you have to invest with, you know, uh, understanding, getting to know one another even more. Like, you know, we've been doing this and rocking this thing and, and doing this for over 20 years together, you know, and we still have to continue to learn one another. We still got to continue to invest in one another. We still got to continue to respect, be patient with one another. And, desire one another and also it's almost like i was just like uh uh, you know i was just thinking as far as uh the physicalness and and the emotional part it's like i feel as though that you have to continue you got to continue to invest and when i say invest it's like you got to do spontaneous things my woman loves some little chocolate and some little wines and she loves her stargazer lilies and things of that nature. So I, I, I challenge you, man, <laughs> I challenge you women to learn one another and to create uh, a place where you guys can uh, continue to grow together and, uh, I think that, you know, emotion and physical, all of it will come. All of it will come as long as you continue to, uh, like I say, invest and, and take time to get to know one another. We, we all change. Time, times is changing. You know, we change daily. And if you're not willing to be patient to understand and get to know one another. Um, and I, it depends because, you know, most most of the time... They say, I don't know, I think I think that lands more on a woman's lap, the emotional one. And mm-hmm. then and then I don't wanna be I don't want it to be biased. I don't wanna be uh, uh 
macho or saying anything uh, of that nature because you you know you may have women that have the physical aspect but majority of the time it's the men that has the physical aspect so you know i'm all for uh handshaking that i guess that's the physical form right um i mean you trying to keep it pg because we not talking about no handshakes and no marriage but i can i can appreciate your uh candidness in this moment uh that's your question that's your final answer yeah um and in marriage you, you you have to embrace the physicalness that's my final answer yes 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 thank you sir uh to kind of piggyback off of that, um, again, this is where self-love comes in. And we don't I don't think any of the questions are about awareness of yourself and things like that. And so um, if you're not if you're not aware of yourself or know yourself as far as being in a marriage, even though you change and you kind of compromise, I feel like this could be a, a deal breaker because, again, it goes back to how you want to be loved and what you desire versus how your spouse wants to be loved and be desired. Uh, I fought it for a long time. My husband is being very candid and I appreciate it, but he's extremely physical, has been that way as long as I have known him. Um, correction, we've been get rocking at this for 20 years. We've only been married for nine years, but we've been friends for 20 years. I met him in 2000. So, um, I think one of the questions is talking about how we met. So I'll save that story for when we come to that question, but he's always been a physical person. And so for me, it was being, for me, the struggle has been, you know, I know that he loves me. I know that we're friends and we have dotted all the T's and crossed all the I's and made all the check marks. But for me, I had to come to an understanding because I was used to dealing with people who had the physicality, but it was a lust level and not a love level. And so when I came to know myself and know the difference between lust and love, I was like, ah, you know, too much physical is that's lust. That's not love. <laughs> but it's lust than not love if you're not with the right per person. And it's definitely can be considered less rather than love if you're not married. So I just had it reaffirmed. I haven't even told my husband this. A lot of times the things that he says and does, I'd be like, oh, something wrong with you. And then I'll hear about it in my class. And I'm like, oh, damn, now I got to go tell him he was right. So in my psychology class on Thursday night, they talked about the physicality that comes along with men and that the psychology that comes along with men being physical creatures. And so in a marriage, I think they're both important, you know, but that's something that I've learned to do because my thing is I'd rather cuddle. You know, <laughs> it's an emotional thing for me, you know. And he's a, he's a very physical person, but it also is a good way to know and understand your spouse and your mate because thankfully my husband and I have not had to deal with issues of infidelity. But if you don't know and acknowledge the physical desires of your spouse and the love is not there, the trust is not there because let's be clear a dude or a woman going to do whatever she want to do anyway, even if you know them or not. So the thing about me and him is that that's something that we already know is just not going to happen. You know, that's a deal breaker in our relationship, but had it not been, it makes you question and wonder like, okay, you need to honor and be a part and address that physical nature as much as the emotional nature. Because um, again, no woman or man is responsible for what their spouse chooses to do outside of the marriage. However, there's certain things inside the marriage when it comes to physical and emotional connection that could contribute to that. So they're both important to answer the question. Your turn. <laughs>
once more, chemistry Ooh. can't be forced. Y'all can be good people, but not good for each other. Thoughts. I would love to ponder on that. Okay. I'll, I'll let you have that one. Okay. You do get two passes, so you you could pass if you want to. Um, I do think chemistry is important. And I do feel that, that I actually got that off of a meme on Facebook. And I do truly believe that to be true. You can you can have chemistry and still not be right for each other. Um, that's all I have to say about that. I don't think that's an issue in our marriage, thankfully. But I truly wholeheartedly support that and believe that. Having technical difficulties. Oh, goodness. What's it saying? I see you, but it sort of. uh, Hold on. I mean, definitely you got to have chemistry in a relationship. Definitely. Definitely. Um, But does chemistry make you guys compatible? Definitely not. Because that's where that term lust comes in at. you can lust for someone or lust for uh, uh, intimacy from that individual, but uh, have no real solid foundation to uh, build on. So uh, I agree with you. I'll, I'll second that. Oh, okay. Well, it's my turn now, I guess, I assume. I saw, ooh. <laughs> I forgot about these questions. I saw a meme saying the order of family is husband, wife, kids, and then extended family. How true or real do you consider this? Shall I go first since you just answered last? No, I'm going to take the reins on this one. Okay, go ahead. I'm gonna take, let I'm let, gonna let take me hear what you got to say. One. Let me hear what you got to say. Biblically, I, 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 I wholeheartedly believe that God is first. And um, I feel like when I put my wife or my children, my wife is going to honor me and what I desire and love. So I'm not necessarily um, putting my wife before my children. I'm putting my wife in place of me. When I So when it's God, husband, wife, children, and then extended family members, my wife knows where, where my heart is. Mm-hmm. So... When I choose my wife over everything else, it's because she knows where my heart is. So she's going to love my kids as I love my children. It's it's a chain of command. That's how it works. And so when I love my kids, my kids know my love for my family. So when they, you, it exudes out of my children. So when they see my family, regardless if they haven't seen them in years, it's just like they, they have open arms, open heart of love. So I believe that wholeheartedly, personally. I um I agree. Um I've always agreed with it. Um I just know that sometimes that is a tough conversation to have and a tough um idea or concept to adopt. Um and that's where boundaries and communication come in when it comes to um extended family and things like that because it can be taken the the wrong way. And so um, I believe it. I make no apologies or excuses about it. But the empath in me, the fixer in me, the lover in me is like, 
But hey, you know, kumbaya, you know, <laughs> this is how I feel, but still. And um, I still stand by that. Um, it's not exclusionary, though. And I think sometimes that's the perception is the us against the world type of thing or us versus them or, you know, you can't sit with us or anything like that. And I feel like anybody that questions um, that natural order of a marriage, you know, you might have to reevaluate or not you personally per se, but a person who's experiencing that may have to reevaluate, you know, and have those tough conversations and things like that. That is not um, anything personal. You know what I mean? Um, ideally, traditionally, you would want to put the members of your household, you know, first, because that's you're meeting those immediate needs. And by the members of those household and a marriage household, that generally would be your wife and your kids. It doesn't mean you love anybody any less. It doesn't mean that you don't want to communicate with anybody any less. It just means when it comes to meeting needs and addressing needs and um, building things and all the other things that come along with the marriage, that is the natural order and the biblical order technically and we try to run our marriage and operate in our marriage from a space of spirituality of all other things so sometimes the things that we say and do for us as a couple may differ from other people as a couple and views may differ from other people because we're grounded or try to be as grounded as we can in the word of God and in our spirituality when it comes to our marriage because we find that God is the center of our marriage so we have to make sure our marriage aligns with God more so than with uh, the expectations of other people. How important is it to have friends or hobbies outside the marriage? That's a good segue. <laughs> I assume with the brief pause, you expect me to go first. I'll, I'll show partake. I just got done talking. I mean, they listen to me on all my other episodes just by myself. This is the first interactive one. You need some coffee? I mean, it's, it's a, it, I, I'm going to get to it. I'm going to get to it. I'm going to try to stay on track. I'm going to get to it. Uh, how important is it to have uh, friends or hobbies outside of the marriage? It's very important. It's very important to continue to have a uh, identity outside of home. Um, and and it's well, it's, it's respect. It's, it's well respected. But you have to control and filter and process what you are having outside of your marriage. Um and what I mean is, you know, again, I like to be around like-minded people. I want to be around God-fearing people. I want to be around people that can, uh, per se, sharpen, uh, help sharpen me as a sword. So uh, I want to be around, you know, people uh, that are trying to uh, get places that I've, I dream to go, um, places that I am attempting to get to or places I can't fathom to get to. So, um, again, you know, I want to be around respectable men, honorable men, um, and women, you know, I want women to respect me and my wife and my marriage. I want men to respect me and my situation. Um, and so it, it, it's very important because again, like I said, you want to have an identity. You don't want to just kind of lose yourself 
And um, sometimes you got to remember your spouse fell in love with you because of your identity. And sometimes you kind of lose your identity or lose yourself um, when you kind of lose track of, of your outside presence outside of your home and your marriage and things like that. But um, I'm learning to build a friendship with my wife outside of marriage because it can all be done in home. It could be, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that I cannot communicate with others outside of my wife, but I'm willing to invest in a friendship with my wife. I'm willing to have hobbies. We're still waiting on the day where we're going to do our floors together and do some painting together. Every time we do a family, uh, we venture off to do a family project. I um, (laughs) end up being the only one, but that's another subject for another time and another day. But that's my answer. Yeah. I second that. I, I, I second everything in that. I don't have anything really more that I can contribute to that. It's equally as important, but again, you still have to remember if we're going back to the previous question in the order of the marriage. And so the needs and, and the uh, wants and the desires and the expectations of your spouse as well. So, you know, if I go out to brunch and I know that I have something to do or something that my husband is expecting of me or something that I would normally do at home anyway, let's say maybe cook dinner um, which that seems so simple because my husband will cook dinner if I'm out and need be or I'll pick something up on my way home. But, you know, if there's something more pressing that needs to be done, it's kind of like that boundary where those boundaries come in and be like, you know, hey, this has been fun. But, you know, I got to get back home, you know, or I got to go do X, Y, X, Y, X, Y, Z. Um, so, yes, it's good to have those outside relationships. They're definitely necessary, but it's also good to make sure that you're prioritizing your your spouse and your marriage over and above everything else. Ooh, pet peeves. What is I? I'm gonna let you have like one, maybe two pet peeves. What are your pet peeves? Like things that just really get under your skin. Maybe not necessarily about your spouse, but maybe in a relationship. I don't know. Uh, this is a kind of a tricky one. Pet peeves. I don't like toothpaste on the mirror in the bathroom, the little <laughs> specks. Or you know the oh the toothpaste gosh. that's the congealed and the and, and and the and the toothpaste cap is just gross. Who does that though? Your kids do that. I don't do that. <laughs> you, well, you said, you said. I know. I know. I'm just saying. I do, I'm now, just I saying. Can, I, I was. I was trying to be polite. Now I can have. I can. Uh, give you a pet peeve that may cost me the evening or so but um it depends on how much you value your evening <laughs> oh man don't play but with a, me a today peeve, a pet a pet peeve of mine a serious one um because those are minor but a serious pet peeve of mine is um about to say 
no, 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 seriously, seriously. I mean, I guess I got to pass on that one. I got to I gotta save my tail on that one. I'll pass. Uh, well, I'll complete it for you. When we go out and we have a good time and I don't uh, drink, I don't really get drunk. I get inebriated, though. I mean, I probably have been drunk a few times, but I get inebriated. I don't get, like, sloppy, nasty drunk or anything like that. My husband does not drink, so he's sober. And I come home and I go to sleep. <laughs> it's not intentional. Nine times out of ten, I fall asleep in the car. I be so tired, you know, even when we do make that time and have that time alone. But also, alcohol makes me sleepy. So I know that that's a pet peeve of his because I be like knocked out cold sleep. And, you know, I probably be leaving. You know how they talk about leaving somebody on red on text messages? I be leaving him on red, I guess, because I be sleep. <laughs> You're going to have to catch me when I wake up. <laughs> I think that's where he was going with that. So we talked about transparency. So I think that's where he was going with that. I, I, I'll finish that for him. My pet peeve is I love my husband to death. He's like the biggest supporter that I have in everything that I do and say. But a lot of times, especially lately, like I be feeling like I'm going crazy because it be stuff that I know that I said to him. Like, you know, I'm forgetful. I am forgetful. But it'd be certain stuff that I know that I said to him. And I'd be like, you don't remember when I told you that? And he'd be like, no. And my husband is very honest. So when he say no, he really don't. It's not like I'm doubting that he don't remember. I'm just frustrated that he don't remember. Because I'm like, if I can remember it and I got a bad memory, um, how you don't? And I know I said it to you. So um, that's my only pet peeve that I have. Is when I know that I have told him something that he just can't remember. Like, Sometimes I feel like my whole house be looking at me like I'm the lady from Charlie Brown. Mom, 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 mom. <laughs> so that's my pet peeve. Kids. Thoughts about current number of kids. Do you want more? Oh, you got the good questions. Look at that. Well, you guys. Um, <laughs> Let's talk about it. <laughs> exactly. Let's get to it. Listen up. Listen up. <laughs> That's about current number of kids. Well, you know, in the world that we have today with uh, just society in itself, uh, uh, uh Everything, you know, uh, the, the education, healthcare, um, down to just the basic necessities, clothes, food, uh, clothing, and, and, and things of that nature. It's like, it's difficult to kind of have 12 children, 10 children, 11 children, and things of that nature. You know, I, my family has always been a big family. So my mother, mother had 12 kids. My father's mother had as well so i've had a heart to choose and have a wife that will give me a whole football team so my children would never have to go outside of their home to find love to find leadership to find comfort to find uh familiar familiarity with anything. I wanted them to be able to be self-sufficient 
and be the group of people that can be there for one another. Because, um, you know, you have a lot of, of family members that pass on, and then you have people here on earth on their own, and I never wanted my children to be on their own. And so um, me and my wife just had a conversation about it. We go back and forth, so we kind of made it. She kind of made the decision to um, to make a legitimate conversation about do we want more kids? Right now, I think we're getting ready to just love the three that we were blessed with and um, be content with the three that we have and continue to invest in one another and see what the world has to offer and if God's will, I'll keep him in, in mind at all times. But um, I guess I'm kind of beating around the bush and I didn't necessarily answer the question. So for us right now, no more kids and three is okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, he's he's being modest. Bless his heart. You know, again, you know, he's he's a very private person, people who know him. And he you'll never hear him say anything bad about anybody, especially his wife. <laughs> But since we're talking about it, let's talk about it. Okay, so listen up. Um, He wants more and I don't want any more. And um, so that is the conversation and the topic of conversations that we have had um, throughout the course of our marriage. Um, There have been decisions that I have have consulted him with, but kind have uh made up my mind about so to speak so i'm trying to be as um i'm trying to compromise and be as understanding as possible while still understanding the needs and desires of my own um mind and body with regard to carrying um more children um to the possibility being that i am a twin even though my husband wants twins badly the possibility of a life that consists of having multiple births or you know having children i'm 36 so and we're in the middle of some plans that i can't really that i feel like we can't really put on hold for for the birth of a child so that would push back time And I know people are having children a lot older nowadays, but I don't desire to be one of those people. My kids will tell you. (laughs) I count down the years and the days until they are 18. I used to say until they're out of the house. It's not even a matter of when they're out of the house. Until they're 18 and they're grown and I can travel the world with my husband in his Speedos and me half naked uh, everywhere we go with no kids to worry about. So throwing another kid in the mix starts it all over for another 18 years. And I, and I, and I don't know if I'm ready for that. Um, so those are the thoughts that go through my mind, so to speak, when I say what I say and feel how I feel with regards to not desiring to um, have more children. And children are expensive. So I put a lot of weight on what it means to have not only an unplanned pregnancy, but an unwanted pregnancy. I've never been technically put in that position and I don't really I'm scared for what that might mean for me being put in a position to have um an unwanted pregnancy or unwanted child even if that's something that my husband um desires so um that is where we stand with (laughs) that's where I stand or my thoughts because it asked I guess for each of our individual thoughts but that is the probably one of the very few tough conversations that 
we that we have and continue to have is about whether or not to to have more kids. And for me personally, it's it tugs on me because it's a matter of, you know, how much do I got to sacrifice? How much do I got to compromise? But still thinking, man, I got to give my husband what he wants. I got to give my husband what he needs. I got to, you know, I got to do this. I got to do that. So it's a it's a tug of war back and forth. But I know personally, I don't want to carry any more children. I hate, I won't say I hate being pregnant, but I didn't like the changes it did to my body. I felt every single change for both of my pregnancies. And I was sick with Marianne. So, um, yeah, that's, that's a tough one. But we'll move on. What are your relationship deal breakers? Relationship deal breaker. Dishonesty. Uh, a thief. Um, I mean, it's a long laundry list of things. I don't like un. I, 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 I couldn't be with someone that's uneducated. I couldn't be with someone that um, isn't somehow, shape, or form physically fit. You just happen to, you're not a, a, an athletic person. Not but at all. You, but you, uh, you wear it well. It's genetic. You wear it well. <laughs> you wear it well. Um, not being a God-fearing woman is another deal breaker. Um. A woman that don't respect her mother, that's a deal breaker. Um, a woman that doesn't really love herself. Um, a woman with no goals. I mean, I can continue and, and go on and on and on. So I, is that enough? I mean, it's up to you. I mean, you tell me. That's that's what you got. Um, infidelity. What's mine is for me and only me. And for no other being. That's all I got. I was waiting for you to say that. We've both come to that conclusion. That 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 infidelity of any sort is a deal breaker in our marriage. We came to that conclusion in the beginning. (laughs) It's just something that we've both decided would not be tolerated from either of us. It's totally a deal breaker. And I think we both know that about each other. That um, infidelity is a deal breaker. Absolutely, without a doubt. I can still love you. We can still be friends. Maybe I don't know. I might want to cut you, but um, yeah, it's a deal breaker. Um, and me, for me, particularly um, having a past of having abusive relationships. Um, thankfully, I know I would never have to deal with it with my husband. But any type of disrespect or or verbal or physical abuse is a deal breaker for me. I have daughters, and um, I have to set an example for them, and so um that that's a deal breaker infidelity and physical um or verbal abuse those are those are deal breakers for me how significant or how much weight does being friends first hold in a marriage it's very significant for me trust is a major issue that I have because um, a lot of people only see you for who you are now or what you have and not for who you are, where you come from. And so um, 
having a friendship with my wife here is it was tremendous for me to be able to uh, trust, even though it didn't come even even with friends. It's like because you can you can trust friends, and then over time, friends may not be as loyal to you as as you would have wanted them to be. So, with that being said, it's like I want people to know that in a marriage you have to be friends first because you trust 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 is um one of the bonds that 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 whole marriage together is trust trust communication and um i believe that you have to you have to you have to be friends before you can be anything else because um you have to trust the person. A lot of us are trying to protect ourselves, protect our futures, protect our our our, our hearts, protect our minds, protect our bodies. It's it's, and you can't do that with a stranger. And we went ahead and stopped that right here just for the audio version. I'm going to go ahead and direct you over to our YouTube channel. Listen up and let's talk about it so that you can continue on with the conversation if you so choose to um, with the visuals added onto it. I was trying to pay close attention to the timing and kind of try and keep at least this podcast airing of it on this platform uh, up under an hour. But you got to stay tuned. It doesn't stop there. There's so many more tough conversations. But since I am stopping in here and you do if you so choose to go over to our youtube channel um once again listen up and let's talk about it it's the name of the youtube channel if you go over to that you will see another conversation that's had where my husband speaks about um when we met (laughs) and so um after recorded and we listened to it and we posted it on youtube um I was in the shower and he was in the bed and we we didn't even know, but we were both thinking about that. Like, oh, man, that came out so wrong when we talked about how we met. And he said the same thing. Like, you need to clear up that story because you didn't tell the whole story. So you really got to go over to the YouTube to watch and listen to the story. But I'll give you the clearing up version of it. Um, my husband talks about how he met me and he decided to get off of the trolley and grab my butt. He says tail. Um, but I talk about the story about how he was going to school with my twin sister at the time and so the part I think both of us want to clear up is that when he did that to me he was not doing that because he thought I was my sister or that he had any interest in my sister he did not know that my sister was a twin so he approached me thinking that I was a stranger which doesn't make the story any better uh, because the nerve of him and the audacity of him to grab a stranger a woman's butt Um, but if you know me, then, you know, and if you knew me during that time, then you would know, especially, you know, I love a white pants. And so, uh, again, you got to go over to the YouTube channel to hear the rest of the story, but he grabbed my, my butt and, uh, you know, I cussed him out, you know, I wanted to punch him, but I, but I cussed him out. And so when he saw me and saw my response, he tripped out because he was like, wait a minute, you look like somebody I know. So he knew that I wasn't 
my sister because that was his friend at school and he had been going to school with her, but he just couldn't phantom or even imagine or know or understand. And I'll let him explain it more um, when we add the part two, just for him to kind of clarify if he so chooses it on the YouTube channel, um, his version of what was going through his mind, knowing that I was not my sister, but still trying to figure out like, wait a minute, why do you look like somebody that I know? But I just wanted to make it clear, just as he wanted to make it clear, he didn't think I was my sister. There's never been an attraction or any type of interaction or anything like that between him and my sister. They were friends long before I came along and he'll even tell you the rest of the story. Uh, he said he went to school the next day and he said, you know, my sister walked up to him and she's being all friendly and stuff. And he said, you what? You really about to act like, like that? Like why, what happened yesterday? Like what the hell is going on? You know? And she, he said, she just fell out laughing and said, Oh, that was you. My sister told me a story about some boy that grabbed her booty at the trolley station. That's my twin sister and how he just could not believe it. And so me and my sister laugh about it because that's the experience that we have a lot of times just with people in general when they first figure out that we're twins, particularly how children react to it and how her children um, reacted to figuring out when they were younger that there were two of us it's 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 a funny we're so tickled by the reaction that we get when people don't realize that there are two of us and so it's I laugh even thinking about it the same thing happened when my husband and I first met it was like he knew that I wasn't her but he just couldn't wrap his mind around somebody looking exactly like somebody that he already knows he had no idea that she had a twin sister also, I would be remiss in this uh, whole mantra of being transparent, get private, if I didn't do my due diligence in clearing up another statement that was actually on this episode, and that was the statement about being accused of kidnapping my child. I want to go on the record and say there was no formal accusation that used the word kidnapping. The accusation was that I removed the child or took the child from the state without informing the other parent. I consider that, and by the letter of the law, I consider that to be kidnapping. It was not pursued um, by the other party, um, but had it been an allegation that was pursued more vigorously legally, um, it is my belief that it would have brought about um, some form of allegation of, of kidnapping. However, be that as it may, um, it was about a year after I was served with those papers um, after I um, as I was getting ready to leave from California to Virginia that we actually had our day in court and I um, had to fight to be able to do it um, via telephone um, so that I didn't and wouldn't have to travel back to um, California. And so there were some things set into place and um, custody and visitation set into place. Um, but I do want to clear that up because I don't ever want to be so wrapped up in conversation in this forum and on this platform where I unintentionally misrepresent my truths or the truths of others that I've been allowed or inclined or led to share. And so, again, it's not to say that it wasn't a challenging time 
There's not to say that I don't personally feel offended by the dirt, so to speak, that was thrown on my name during that time. But there was no formal allegation, quote unquote, of kidnapping. I was accused of removing the child from the state without informing the other parent. So I did want to make that clear um, in case you so choose to continue to follow this on YouTube or whether you choose to push stop now and just listen to it here while you're in your car or wherever you so choose to listen to it. I wanted to um, make that clear. channel to continue on with this part of it i'm in the works of trying to get a part two um but again i don't want to put my foot in the mouth um but if that part two does happen it will consist of other people who can join in on the conversation and you know you know the role and the theme of this show listen up and let's talk about it so if you would like to engage in the conversation and be a part of this conversation you like what you hear so far or just curious about love and marriage with us millennials us uh, 26 to 38 year olds um you know join in on the conversation send me an email let's talk about it podcast 30 at gmail.com subscribe and like our youtube channel let's talk about it Listen up and let's talk about it. It's a YouTube channel. And then we are also on Facebook. Let's dot talk dot about dot it dot one <laughs> on Facebook. The easiest way to get to get to us would be using that email. But we are on multiple platforms as it stands right now being Facebook and YouTube. So thanks again for joining me. I hope I haven't. Uh, kept you on here too long. I hope you will find value in what it is that you have heard today. And most importantly, I hope that you continue to listen up so we could talk about it. Join the discussion and go ahead and go head over to YouTube and watch that video. There's more where this came from. I promise.